Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Okay, I have one question for you. Okay, shoot. Are you blind when you're born? Mm-hmm. Can you see in the dark? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you ride on a broomstick? <laughs> What's the next? No, it's... Um, I know, that's not right. Would you stare at a king? Would you sit on his throne? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, so we just saw cats. We did. We did. And that's what we're talking about at the beginning of this episode. And all the human hands. You know what? As musical theater queers, Mm -hmm. I feel it's necessary to chime in on this. Oh, yeah, I think so. Especially with how the world has reacted. Yes. In light of how the world has reacted. So we went and saw cats today. (laughs) We did. And we did a whole lot of... And (laughs) we (laughs) cried. The both of us (laughs) did. We both did. Because Jennifer Hudson News sang a beautiful rendition. She sang a beautiful rendition of Memory. Mm -hmm. So it's been really hard because like as soon as we saw it, we were like, we we will not talk about this until like... You know, the mics are live. The mics are live <laughs> so that the conversation is real. And genuine. Right? And so I've been very anxious because mm. we've done quite a few things since we saw the movie today. That was showing one time. That was sho- literally. What? There was one time at 11.45 a.m. this morning mm-hmm. that it was showing at the movie theater. So, yeah, that's where we are. It hasn't even been in the theaters a month. And it was like, no, girl. No. Just once. Before we get into the nitty gritty, mm-hmm. the nitty kitty gritty mm-hmm. um nitty gritty nitty kitty city gritty yeah there we go there we go general overview thoughts well i'm gonna just have an unpopular opinion here um i didn't think it was that bad like i never saw the musical as a child as a young gay um but i you know knew the music because i had other friends that had seen it and um so i was familiar with it listen there are far worse things in the world that could be seen Mm -hmm. unpopular opinion i know yeah i actually i share i totally share that i believe i turned to you about 10 minutes in and i was like i don't hate this right i really don't yeah i don't hate this you know as i have seen cats Mm -hmm. on stage and it is the weirdest thing we have in the musical theater Mm -hmm. canon i think you know like there's not much plot and as i was sitting there watching it i was like 
yeah, this is like the most valiant way one might undertake turning this piece into a film. I actually don't know that I could see a different way to do it. I mean, I think the whole argument is, should it have been a film at all? But you know what? Some group of people with a lot of money decided that they wanted to be a film. Who were sexually aroused by cats. (laughs) (laughs) Because let's talk about that for a second. Uh Because all the cat daddies in that film. Oh, there were I had a lot lot of feelings. Like, yes. I am not aroused by cats. This is a disclaimer. (laughs) I mean... Like human hybrid cat people, uh-huh. there's something there. I'm just saying I it's a part so. of myself I need to explore. <laughs> I guess it is. Yeah, I guess it is. Yes, but yes. The um. Anyway, the <laughs> the <laughs> like at the end of the movie, I was like, well, yeah, that was cats. Yeah, that was that. That was that. The I ends think, didn't need to be the ends. No, I thought there was they like, could have just closed off when Dorothy rode her balloon back to Kansas. I know, and we didn't need to see like Dame Judy Dench break the fourth wall and, and talk sing to that us. final song. I think they could have just cut they that final cut song. She could have just it could have rolled right. over the credits. Right. The other thing is this is like I think essentially what what happened was that all of us in the world saw something unfinished. Yeah. You know what I mean? The reality was that all those people were really doing all that dancing mm-hmm. and all those actors were real and those bodies were real. Yeah. However, when you do the digital fur on top of a real body, it looks like the entire body yeah. is animated. Yeah. And then it's kind of really jarring to see that human face like yes that was strange for like the first 10 minutes and then it was then i kind of forgot about it yeah and then i got used to it which Mm -hmm. like uh, you know in any sort of creative endeavor you know you have to suspend your disbelief exactly i think even had the movie been finished completely to like the specs of everybody right it still probably would have received like a a disappointing like just because of exactly what the it piece is. is yeah you know what i mean i think all of the actors did lovely beautiful mm-hmm. work as they do and then i just think like the movies wasn't done like you know they talked about you can see on the internet they talk about like you can sometimes see judy dench's human hand with her wedding w- ring on with her wedding ring and on. we saw that version it yeah we where did all the human and hands were there <laughs> it wasn't just hers it was so many human hands yeah. like there were you know clearly that was like the last um, edit to do. Edit to do. It didn't in a matter me. of like what me. looks like one shot, there would be frames of the one shot where like someone's hand is just like going across the screen, and like it's it. They were always shaped like human hands, but the top of their hands had the color of you know the cat fur on right. them, and so like that was it would be there and then it would be gone like all within the same shot. Yeah, you know. So yeah, it was a little sloppy in some spots. It was yeah, it was a little sloppy. Set in some work spots. was good. The set was great, the and you know what? Like Skimbo Shanks, the dancing gay the cat, was <laughs> <laughs> the dancing gay cat. He yeah. was yes, he was. He was like a big old daddy. I know. And then and then a lot of people dragged it for its inconsistent proportion, like the cats right. to real life. However, like none of the proportions took me out of the narrative. Right. Like, it, was it didn't really, take me it was out trippy. of experiencing it. Yeah, it was a little trippy sometimes, but like it wasn't it wasn't anything where I was like, Oh, this is now this is really unreal. Like yeah. I'm like, 
no, I'm already like buying into the fact that like these human beings are cats right now. <laughs> right. I wish that they would have taken a little more time mm-hmm. to just finish the film that they intended to make. And I think probably between now and the time it streams, they will. Right. Like, as I was sitting there, I was like, I could see, you know, like kids who really love cats and who love singing, like could be into this. Yeah. Tell me about your experience with Jennifer Hudson singing memory. Oh, I was fully weeping the entire time. I was like, I'm going to just pretend that I'm not because I didn't want you to make fun of me. And I was just like, I was sitting there weeping too. <laughs> both well, of I us are sitting there you. and we were both like, <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful. It's a song that always gets me. Yeah. Can I tell you, I feel like the poetry of that song is like so highbrow sometimes mm-hmm. that like those words aren't kind. They're not clear about mm-hmm. I'm feeling this. Right. And this is why the language is so elevated right. that you as an actor have to make such a... You have to make choices. Coming up with a true, solid, committed acting interpretation of the song Memory is a big acting challenge. Oh, yeah. And I thought first and foremost that that is what Jennifer Hudson did. Oh, yeah. She gave us an acting performance of memory that happened to be sung perfectly. Right. You it know? was like Fontaine singing memory. It was yeah, like, kind like of the like same that. sort of like, I feel yeah. like uh, set up in some ways. Can I tell you, for the first time ever, and I've heard that song a million times and I've seen Cats on stage a lot, mm-hmm. have I ever really... Con- cat fetishist. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just like, like you, me. apparently. Um I have really connected the idea of the word memory being something really painful for that character. Mm. Like, gotcha. the fact that I'm here in this world and all I'm left with are the memories of these things that give me pain. That's why I want to be rid of this life right. to be reborn, which is right. what essentially will happen to that cat that is chosen. When they go to the heavy side layer, yeah. not lair. Layer. I thought it was layer. It's like a layer of mystery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, AKA yeah. heaven. I mean, Ian McKellen licking water out of that <laughs> dish was so. When is that meme coming, folks? God, I'm sure it's Make out that there. meme. God, I live for that. Looking for adventure, I want to follow on the trail Or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails Get up when the stars still fill the sky, don't wake the sun There's so much to be done, and the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real, you can feel You can open your eyes, and open your heart when you get at the National Park At the National Park At the National Park Follow you, I'll follow you there 
Hello and welcome to Gaze at the National Parks. I'm Dusty. And I'm Mike. Although this may have just been a podcast about cats for the first 15 minutes, we really talk about national parks. That's what we do. That's right. The long format episodes of this podcast brings you one hiking trail in one national park, one park at a time. That's right. And today we are covering the beauty and majesty of Sequoia National Park. When we visited back in April of 2018. Mm -hmm. And bonus... This episode is about more than just one hiking trail. We're actually covering a few of them. Right. So we had, the previous day, been to Kings Canyon, seen the General Grant tree. We had done a number of hikes throughout the park, and then driven back to where we were staying at our Airbnb in Fresno, which was a great spot to stay because it afforded us um, one single location to then jump off to three parks, Yosemite Kings Canyon and Sequoia. Typically, what we were doing was getting up very early in the morning and then driving into the park. And this was no different on this day. We had a really early rise that we headed off and did what we usually did at that time, stop at McDonald's and and fuel our bodies with McDonald's food, biscuits and sausages and coffee. Oh, my. (laughs) Yes. And at the time, Diet Coke for me. Yeah. On episode 33, all about Kings Canyon National Park, we give a nice, thorough breakdown of how Kings Canyon and Sequoia became national parks and when and why they are separate but still contained within the same area. Right. Kings Canyon National Park also contains some giant sequoia trees, just like Sequoia National Park. I thought it was interesting that Sequoia National Park was the first national park established specifically to preserve a type of plant. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was then named after that plant. Park itself was established on September 25th, 1890, as the second national park by President Benjamin Harrison. So that means that actually she's a Libra because the 25th is Libra territory. She is the Libra. She is a Libra. So good for you, Libra sister. Mm-hmm. Um, she's pretty flat. <laughs> And so it, <laughs> I think most wow, of Wow, we're really going to talk about that. We, th- we said we wouldn't. Um, that you can walk through Sequoia National Park and be very social as you are, just like Libras are very social. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where I was going. Yeah. We were in the same territory, basically the same neighborhood, because the parks butt right up to one another. They are managed together, but they are separate parks. We drove the same route in on 180, which basically turns into the General's Highway. Our first stop along the route was to see the General Sherman, which is the tallest tree within the park. The tree is actually not necessarily the tallest in the world or the tallest in the United States. Other trees are taller and wider than it, but none has the combined weight and width of this tree. The General Sherman measures 103 feet around. That kind of translates into about 31 meters. And it reaches to 270 feet, 275 feet high, which is about 84 meters. Um, and it's still growing. Every year it adds enough wood to make another 60 foot or 18 meter tall tree. Um, which is pretty inc- impressive. That's yeah, kind of crazy. It's a, and it's still living and thriving. And it's still living and thriving. Um, and they believe at roughly 2,200 years old. Um, no one really knows for sure, um, but it's definitely not the world's oldest tree either. So, But it is still pretty old. That's pretty... It's older than Jesus. Yeah, it's older than Jesus. Mm-hmm. The General Sherman tree is found in Sequoia National Park. The other... There are many, many named trees in Sequoia National Park. There is the General Grant tree 
and that one but that one is over in Kings Canyon National right. Park so you need to like turn left and head into Kings Canyon to go see General Grant and then but you turn right and head into Sequoia to see General Sherman and then the others right the day prior when we were in Kings Canyon so like most national parks, Kings Canyon provides you with a map and a guide of the park. Some of the other parks will provide you with smaller pinpointed like trails to do. Here's the actual hike. You can kind of see it laid out. So Sequoia and Kings Canyon don't do that, which um, instead what they do is they sell additional maps that are for the benefit of the Sequoia Parks Conservancy. Um, and that just helps with park costs, administration fees, all that sort of stuff. So when we were in Kings Canyon, we bought the Kings Canyon map, which we used because it had a really thorough map for us. And then when we were in Sequoia, knowing that we were going the next day and not wanting to wait until the visitor center opened up, we also purchased the Sequoia map there. So we were working off of a map that was pretty clear um, that would bring us to the different sites that we had wanted to see while we were in the park. So when you drive in, there is quite a big turnoff that you have to take to get to the parking area for the General Sherman tree. And you're kind of in like an upper parking lot that you lead yourself down to the tree. And it's not all that far. There is actually a lower parking lot too. And there's a shuttle that I believe goes right between those two parking lots and also will take you to the Giant Forest Museum, which is where the Sentinel Tree is. When we parked in that lot, we geared up because we knew that along with seeing the General Sherman, there were several other large sequoia trees that we wanted to see while we were in that specific vicinity. We had our hiking gear on. It was early morning. We were in the forest, so it was pretty cold. So we had layered up pretty well. Similar to the area near the General Grant tree, the area near the General Sherman tree, most of these pathways are paved. Right. It, it's very easy access, which is great for people that might have mobility issues. Yeah, it is. It was a lot busier. We were early. We were there early. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, we had to leave. We had to drive for like, like two, two hours. hours. Yeah. General Sherman, that tree is famous. There were a lot of people near that tree when yeah. we were there. I think one of the cool things, too, when we were walking down, I don't know if you remember this, is like as you're walking on the path and you're adjacent to the tree at this point, but you're a little bit raised. There was an area that was, so it was like a macadam path, so it was paved, but then there was an area that was cobblestone. The cobblestones, the cobblestones. <laughs> it's like, this is the footprint of the tree. Like you're oh, standing, yes. you're standing like, in, in the, the footprint, footprint of, of the, the tree. tree. This is how Which big it is. Which was pretty cool to like, just visually understand that size and that scope of right. how large that was. Because as human beings, we just want to like get inside of things right. and touch things. <laughs> and so yeah. this was... Um, That's a therapy session if I didn't ever hear though. one. <laughs> so that was... Uh, yeah, that was fascinating. Yeah. They had just recreated the shape. Yeah, the footprint of it with like a little like um, brass plaque in the ground yeah, there. That was neat. That was cool. Right around the General Sherman tree. Now, there's one other tree right there called the Leaning Tree. Right around the General Sherman, there's kind of like a network that you can kind of walk through and around. It's There are, not all the trees are named, but some of them are specifically. So like the right. Leaning Tree, for example, You are is surrounded there. by giant right. sequoia trees at all times. And you can also see that some of those trees had endured fire damage because there was charring up the, the trunks of them. There were a bunch of placards that talked about that. I don't know if at this point we had walked through any of the trees we had yet. one one yeah. 
So you leave everything inside of National Park. Right. You don't take anything with you. And if something like a tree falls in a national park, there's then a series of meetings to decide what to do about this fallen tree or this, you know, whatever has happened. Obviously, they want people to be able to access the parks, Mm -hmm. which is one of the goals of the parks. So that will take precedent over leaving the dead tree exactly where it is. But... What they did here, sequoia trees die like any tree and they fall, though it's sort of like a building falling if a sequoia tree falls. And sometimes they fall right over the paved path. And so they have to now deal with this. And one way they do is by carving out a rectangular opening like a doorway so you can walk right through this tree Mm -hmm. because that is how big they are. Yeah. That is something we encountered a few times and I believe there was one right around General Sherman too. Um, But as Dusty was saying, there are a lot of tree groupings that are named tree groupings that are just as impressive as the General Sherman. It's just they're not might not be as tall or there may not be as much actual volume to them, but they the fact that they're clustered and the way that they are, they've received these kind of dignified titles that they're so incredible to see. So we knew that this was something where we were going to be able to see so many sequoias all at once. So we were just going to take that part of the morning and do this and hike down to it. As you are surrounded by these giant sequoia trees, one, it smells amazing mm-hmm. always. Yeah. In Sequoia National Park, it always smelled like beautiful wood at mm-hmm. all times. From the General Sherman tree, we decided to head down one of the paths and make our way to these other groups of trees. As we're walking down, we're surrounded by all the sequoia trees lining the way. And sometimes it's a fairly open path and like it sort of feels like an open field with like trees randomly placed throughout. And obviously it's a forest, so it's not only sequoia trees there are some other kinds of trees around and other kinds of plants but those are certainly the ones that you see all the time yeah Um, because you can't miss them because you can't (laughs) miss them they're so huge right yeah there's a lot of like there was a lot of needle like needling on the ground too which was something that was like really typical like i feel like everything felt like it was very mulchy like that's what i remember the ground sort of feeling like around the paths that we were on and like as we were like deeper into the forest there was there was snow but it wasn't as bad as king's canyon was no no the snow started to let up a little bit here eventually you kind of wind down into these just this giant grove of sequoias these several giant groves and you just feel like I just remembered feeling so small. I was just like, this is the land before time. We've, we have entered into like another space in our space time reality. And like, we are no longer in this present um, because it, it is the most daunting kind of feeling to be so close to a living thing. It's stationary, but it's a living thing. That's magnificent. That's, That's magnificent and gigantic. We had walked down Congress Trail, and it's called Congress Trail because when you arrive at this giant grove of trees, the clusters have names like the Founders Group. There are five 
uh, sequoia trees in that group. There's the House group. That's another group of five. There is the Senate group. There are six sequoia trees in that group. There's the President tree. There's the General Lee tree. There's the Lincoln tree. There's the McKinley tree. There's a group called the Cloister. There's uh, one called the Room tree. There's one called the Chief Sequoia tree. So there's a lot to say. I think that we try to spend as much time there just knowing that this was kind of like looking at the map, the biggest cluster that we were going to see in the in the space and time that we had that day just felt really magical. Like that's the best way to describe it. Like Dusty said, the air was very fresh. Um, the fact that there was still snow on the ground gave it this kind of crisp feeling too. Sun is breaking through these just gentle giants is like the best way that mm-hmm. I could describe it. And it just was so different from anything else. These are the largest trees I have ever seen in my life. And there was a healthy amount of, you know, me negotiating like, okay, I know I want to take photos of them. I also want to just sit here and be with them. Mm -hmm. And so when I went to take some photos, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to get this entire tree in this photo. Right. However, I did find out that you can turn... If you got an iPhone or a phone that does panorama photos, you can turn it on its side and go like from the ground straight up into the sky to do a panorama. And like, that was the fun thing to discover. Oh yeah. That was because I could just do them really quickly and like get some nice fun photos that I can like go back and remember, but also not take too much time. No. Cause I am not one, like I do use photos to go back and relive moments, you know, Mm -hmm. in a way or recollect, I should say, but I also feel very deeply about not letting Mm -hmm. technology stand between me and the natural world. So, um, this group was so impressive. It was a fairly simple sort of hike because you took the Congress trail from the General Sherman tree down to these groups of trees. And you basically just went from one group to another group to another group. None of these were behind fencing. So no, you could actually you could walk, walk up, up and, and touch, touch them, them and like, you know, be near them. And, and if there were openings, like, you know, I th- I'm pretty sure we... If there was one, that oh, had there like were a few that were know, open opening at the trunk that you could kind of like walk inside. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and it just varied too, like how close. Like I do remember one group. I can't remember which one group it was, but they were so tight knit. Like it was just like, how is your root structure? Oh, I know. Like supporting no yourself without choking out this other tree. Right. It's right. just unbelievable. It is unbelievable. But. You know, after spending, like, I would say we were down there for, like, a good hour, like, Uh just walking around Mm -hmm. because there was so much to see. There was, like, there were some areas where it was really wet. I do remember just from the snow melt. So, that was, like, we had to kind of navigate a little bit there. Oh, yeah. There was some mud and stuff. Yeah. And depending on the time of year, I'm sure it's obviously a very different experience. But we eventually start to wind our way back up. And... I don't think we realized how much decline we had done. I think also the altitude, too. I was just like, what is this? It's so early. I shouldn't be this tired (laughs) right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you go back up, there are two... Like the Congress Trail splits, so it is sort of like a loop from the General Mm -hmm. Sherman. You can take the other side of the Congress Trail. we ended up taking the other side up just to like see a different thing on the way back up. And with that, let's take our first break. Great. Let's play The Vault. Yeah, we haven't played that in a while. It's a good one. So you are given a category. You have to put three things in The Vault to just 
preserve for all of time and all the rest will be lost. Mm -hmm. Go for it. I would like you to put three quote unquote chick flick films into the vaults and none can be seen ever again. Oh, I know I just asked you to commit like gay homicide. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Um, Let's call them romantic comedies. We'll do that. Okay. All right. So, Three romantic comedies mm-hmm. into the vault mm-hmm. for me. Bridesmaids mm-hmm. is going in there. It's a romantic comedy. Yeah. That's definitely not going anywhere. I'm also going to put in While You Were Sleeping, starring oh. a young Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. I do love that movie. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yes. And then I'm being totally selfish about <laughs> this one. <laughs> Eat, Pray, Love. Oh, great. You got to have some Julie on your list. I love that movie. Yeah. It's a good one. Prior to me being out, uh-huh. right, the the roommates I was living with at the time, who could all see I was dealing with it and not saying anything. Right. One time I went to the movie theater and I saw Eat, Pray, Love, and like, which means I had the excuse of like, oh, I just, you know... I thought it looked cool, so I decided to see it, mm-hmm. right? However, I went and saw it again because that was my life. Right. At the time, I went and saw it again and I came back and they were like, so what, So um, what, where were you tonight? Mm-hmm. What did you do? And I was like, nothing. I just, you know, went and, you know, I was out. They were like, you saw your pray love again, didn't you? <laughs> I was like, I did. And they never pressured me, mm-hmm. but they were like, oh, huh. Yeah. And fascinating. Dusty. Yeah. You saw you pray love again. Again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So what about you? Um, well, obviously under the Tuscan sun, mm-hmm. I was trying to think of movies that also made me cry, like where I had an emotional response. So not that this is one of them, but my best friend's wedding, I think has to go in because you have to have some Julia on your list. And I also Undoubtedly. think how to deal. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> of course. There are of others that I'm like grasping right now in my brain straws. Of course. How yeah. to deal. Yeah. All right, and, and that was the vault. the vault. So we had just gotten off of the Congress trail. We got back into the car. That last little bit, like I was saying before, was, was tough. Tough. It was tough. The, it was tough. Like it was all paved, but it was like I want to die right now. A little bit. Yeah. So just be prepared, bit. even if you're not going as far as we did. Like going back up, which is why I think if you were to walk down, hint hint, there's a lower parking area. And that's where you can catch the shuttle to go back up to the upper parking area. Oh, so that's where the shuttle would have worked in our favor. Right. So there is a shuttle. So just like keep that in mind. I I think it might be seasonal though. So you need to check on that. Sure. Um, So we got back in the car. And from here, we wanted to drive to the other area where you can access a lot of stuff. Now, here's the reason that we decided to drive. There are trails. Like we could have decided to not turn around on the Congress trail. Right. We knew that ultimately there were some things on the other side of the park or this area of the park that we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But what we didn't want to do is take the trails all the way there and then like finish summiting this thing we wanted to do and then be exhausted, be exhausted and then have to essentially walk back almost 10 miles. Yeah. So we were like, no, we're going to, 
we're gonna we'll drive sort, to the midpoint. We're gonna drive to the midpoint and do loops and things like that. The nice thing about the trails here is that they are very interconnected, so you can sort of build your own day of adventure. The Pacific Crest Trail runs right through Sequoia National Park, and the John Muir Trail. There, John Muir. Yep. So you could, from all those clusters of trees, head down to these other areas of the park. However, and to the Giant Tree Museum, which is where we were, Giant Forest Museum, which is where we were headed anyway. Right. And I think, you know, if we were to spend the night, say, and like wake up at 6 a.m. and start like at the General Sherman Tree and make a gigantic loop all the way around back to General Mm -hmm. Sherman Tree, that would be a 12 hour day probably. And that would be a lot, but it would be beautiful and so much fun. And I would be up for that. We got in the car and we drove down the road and it was a bit of a drive. Like it wasn't just down the street. Because we had to come back out. The parking lot itself was an offshoot of the General's Highway. So you actually kind of wound yourself down into that lot. It was a pretty decent drive down to the Giant Forest Museum. There's the parking lot right there. And we parked the car. And at this point, it was kind of like mid-morning. So it was pretty crowded. a.m. Like Maybe. it was, it was on the heavier side of like finding yes. parking was a little hairy there. But we did. We yeah. found parking. And I remember getting out, you know, getting, um, like restocking the bags of snacks. Yeah. Things like that. And then we went inside the giant forest museum. Now, right in front of the giant forest museum is the Sentinel tree. And that is where tours with park rangers start. And there was one starting as we were approaching. And I was like, oh, God, I want to listen to his tour, but I also want to go inside of the museum because that's what I always want to do. <laughs> and um, toss, read, toss. <laughs> read all the things in there. So we did. We went inside. It was packed inside. It was kind of like a really big lodge. The exhibit itself was awesome because it talked about the life cycle of a forest, the, you know, the life of sequoia trees themselves how fire plays a role, how climate change plays a role. Um, There were some really beautiful, like, interactive pieces, these painted sort of, like, diorama pieces, too, that were really neat. It's definitely worth the trip. I know Dusty always pokes fun at me because he's like, all I ever want to do is go in museums and you never let me. And I love museums, but I'm also just excited to be outside and, like, in a space that is wonderful as this. And I am just as excited, and I like to be be in that outdoor space with context. (laughs) I do research prior to, you know, going to these places. Yeah. But I really like getting the bulk of my learning from the museum associated with the area. Or from the rangers that are there too. Yeah. Yeah, which is why a lot of the times we'll let the rangers kind of like dictate some of our hiking, even though we may have planned something potentially very different. So we were sitting there listening to this park ranger at in front of the Sentinel tree. And he talked about this was the first time I heard about how forest fires are part of the natural life cycle of a tree Mm -hmm. and how fires and forests are painted as these like terrible, awful things that are happening to trees. But in fact, they can be incredibly healthy parts of a healthy life cycle. Right. They help to clear the old. They help to allow new conifers to come to be. There's a lot of benefit to them, obviously, when they are out of control, as we have seen so very recently, both in California and worldwide, they can be very problematic. In this case, when fires can be controllable or there are controlled burns, they are done for specific reasons. So from here, we knew that we wanted to go to Round Meadow. 
if you see photographs of Sequoia National Park, most of the time you're either going to see a photograph of the General Sherman tree, those clusters of trees we were in before, or a photograph of Round Meadow. And Round Meadow was something that we were told, do not miss. So from here, we got on the Alta Trail. It was to the side of the museum, basically. Side of the museum, you're headed east, maybe two miles to the turnoff, because you take the Alta Trail. Which you're hiking down again, too. Hiking down, and then you turn left and cross the road, and that brings you right into Round Meadow. And with that, let's take another break. Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, please welcome to the stage... Anesthesia. Anesthesia. Who is Anesthesia, Dusty? Well, first of all, I just have to say I love saying her name, Mm -hmm. Anna, but her last name is Sthesia. Mm -hmm. Sthesia. I know. I feel like she's like a a, a syllable shy of Activia or something. (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. It makes me think of this old Lisa Lampanelli joke back when Lisa Lampanelli was doing insult humor. Um, she would do these gay jokes and she would make fun of um, gay men who have lisps. Mm-hmm. And she would say this joke about, um, she was like, yeah, I met this gay working in this store, but he was an anesthetician specializing <laughs> in sensitive skin. Uh. <laughs> you know who I, she just feels like a weirdo to me. Mm. I feel like she's like a, I feel like she lip syncs to Bjork. Okay. Like, she's, like, weird and Icelandic. <laughs> like, that's who okay. anesthesia But is. I feel like, like because... Cold and dark and, like, um, stark. Right. That's what I get from her. Because she's, like, a nod to Anastasia, I feel like she's also, like, you know, there's some Russian doll culture Wait, happening hold on, hold there. On. Can she please do, like, a Bjork version of Journey to the Past? Sure. As her, like, lip sync number? Okay, great. Or, like... She does Once Upon a December, but it's, like, frightening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I like, think it's that's... Like, it's, like, terrifying, like, yeah. the dancing bears and the paint. It's all in minor. I mean, I think, actually, Once Upon a December is in minor. But anyway, the um, <laughs> all of it is, like, really scary and frightening. Yeah, well, I feel like she's, you know, the czar's daughter, so... The lost czar's daughter, so that's why she has... Anesthesia, and that's why her name is Anesthesia. So she is a queen she, that comes with narrative. She does. She was made to forget all the atrocity. It's terrible. And um, so she's just having all these like painful secret memories that yeah. are scary. Painful secret memories. Right. Just like right. the title of I our autobiography. Like her, like her color palette is just black and white, mm-hmm. mostly white, like very uh, pale all the time. <laughs> you know, dour. dour. <laughs> That's what I get and from her. sad. Yes, anesthesia. Yeah. Wow. She's a real rip-roarer. Don't she invite is. her to your, she like, is. bachelorette party. But I feel like it, her, um, if she were to sing live, she would have, like, an Amy Lee from Evanescence kind of mm-hmm. sound mixed with, you know, mm-hmm. the weirdness of Bjork. Oh, I, I feel the... Evanescence vibe very strongly very now that strongly. you've said that. Right. So with that, with ladies, that. <laughs> gentlemen, and everyone in between, please welcome to the stage. Anesthesia. Entering Round Meadow is just another breathtaking experience. Oh, totally. 
It's the walk I remember first when I think of Sequoia National Park. It's a walk to remember. (laughs) 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 That Um, it is. It is. Um, Yes. Because when you're coming down to it, you basically are descending into like the darker forest. You're in the shaded trees. And then all of a sudden you cross that road. And this is the bright I mean, on the day we were there, it was beautifully, like, sunlit day. It just is bright and beautiful and green and luscious. And ringing this meadow are just incredibly beautiful giant sequoia trees. Oh, yeah. This is an area where, like, a number of them have fallen. Yes. You know, there's still, there are so many of them. Now, when you look at the map, there are really just two trees listed here on the map that have names. Right. And... They are gigantic and those trees are there, but there's also like hundreds of other trees surrounding Round Meadow. So just when you look at the map, the map is only indicating the trees that are named and where they are located. If they had fallen away from the path, then they are just left there. Right. They are just left exactly where they are. But if they have fallen over the path, then they saw the part that is over the path, they saw that off. So often you're like walking through this open space between what was a whole tree that's now been sawed in half. And a lot of this too, I would imagine a lot of the eventual demise of some of these trees is that Round Meadow does have uh, like a stream running through it that when we were there had, because of the snow, it was fairly flooded. So I'd imagine that a lot of the root structure just softens over the ground softens over time. And just depending on things, these trees can kind of topple. Of course, age does come to into it as well. But that was the one thing it felt like we were in like a lagoon area at some points too. the hike around um, round meadow is called the big trees trail aptly named it's only about 0.6 miles all the way around and it's a really lovely stroll it is like if you do one other thing besides general sherman this is the thing to kind of do because it was incredibly breathtaking i mean there are other things in this park that are great but this i think because you just felt like you were in the middle of this magical world that you were taking kind of out of the forest for a minute because you were in this open space, but we're able to see all the trees that surrounded it. During this walk, you turned to me and said, this could be one of my favorite parks ever Yeah, that I've ever been to. This is definitely up there. Yeah. It is, I mean, just the most breathtaking on either side. And I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's in my top five or so. Yeah. You know? The nice thing, too, about this part of the hike of this part of the park was that there were benches that were in places around the um, the loop for Big Trees Trail. So you were actually able to sit and we stopped a few times just to kind of take everything in, which is different from like a normal trail where you would stop just in the middle of the woods where there's not necessarily a bench that's put there by the park service. It really did feel like, no, take this time and like contemplate this space that you're in. It was like, these benches are here for a reason. Please Extremely use them. Extremely meditative. Yeah. We did. We we took a seat. Yeah. 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 A few I times. I think I remember. Yeah. The f- couple of moments where we just sat and we sat in silence and. Oh, God, it was good. Because the running water was there, too. So that added to the meditative kind of like beauty of the the space itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just was it was incredible to, again, be among these just gigantic trees. Like you, there's nothing else like it in any other park that I've been to. It's really 
so magical. It is. As you make this loop, you there are two named trees here at Round Meadow. There is the Susan B. Anthony tree and the Clara Barton tree. And they have plaques in front of them. You can see very clearly which one is which. Because amid all of the other giant sequoia trees, it's hard to pick out, you know, which ones are named and which right. ones are not. But you can tell when these are. After we made our way out of Round Meadow, we there were a few other things we wanted to do this day. But the next thing we did was we wanted to head out to Beetle Rock, which was an overlook. In order to get to Beetle Rock, we had to exit Round Meadow and head to the right. We got on the Sunset Rock Trail for a moment and then made our way to the Beetle Rock Trail, which is an offshoot of the Sunset Rock Trail. Which now, basically starts in the parking lot. So like the Sunset Rock Trail, essentially, or the Alta Trail, it's kind of hard to tell based off of the map, leads you back into the parking lot. And then you kind of jump onto the Beetle Rock Trail, which is like, right, we basically stopped at the car really quickly to like gear up because we were knew we were going to do other things now, after that. You're basically at the same elevation the entire time on the Beetle Rock Trail from the Round Meadow, mm-hmm. which is nice because the map that you buy, you can see like where the elevation changes. And so you can see when you're crossing into steeper elevation. Mm-hmm. And we were basically on the same one this whole time. We wanted to go out to Beetle Rock because there was an overlook there right. that was really um, supposed to be really beautiful. We made our way onto the Beetle Rock Trail. It's about a one mile loop. We walked the half mile, got into the parking lot, and then continued off of the other end of the parking lot and continued onto the Beetle Rock Trail until we got to the Beetle Rock Overlook. And we sat down here, and I believe this was, you know, a place where we snacked for a minute. But right here, we took a bunch of photos because it was a beautiful overlook. Yeah, that really showed the wilderness of the park. I think it's really easy to get lost in the fact that, oh, there are these giant trees, and they almost feel fake. But then, like, you get these overlooks, like, especially when we had done the Sunset Trail in Kings Canyon, and you're like, oh wow, there is a lot of wilderness out there and it's not all big trees. And I think that really gave us, we really got that sense of that here that from the Speedo Rock Overlook. a spectacular view. Yeah. And there were just mountains cascading into the distance in the same way that the Blue Ridge Mountains and the Smoky Mountains do that mm-hmm. in Tennessee and North Carolina. Mm-hmm. That you just look it out into the distance and it's like that's all that you can see. And um, little did we know that the next part of our journey in Sequoia National Park would bring us to more of these cascading mountains in the distance. All right, let's put these trails from today's episode on the Karen Stone scale. Great. So let's start with the Congress Trail. I'm going to give that for me four oh i was gonna give it a six. Oh, really because of the, of the incline at, at the, the end. end and how i wanted to die because okay. there is a lot of incline at the end like, that's interesting that you wanted to die here on this trail yeah um because you wanted to die 
on the trail we're going to talk about in the next episode. Yes, much later. Yeah, I was fine. <laughs> yes. So um, it's 10 out of 20 carrot right. stones for yeah. that one. What about Big Trees Trail? Um, Big Trees Trail is like a one. I'm giving yeah. it a one. It's almost a stroll. There yeah. was some mud you had to navigate. But yeah, I'm. we're giving it a two out of 20. Yep. And I'm going to say the same for Beetle Rock, too. I'm going to give that a two. Okay. There's a there's a little more to navigate there. Okay. So it's a three out of 20. Yeah. Karen Stones for the Beetle Rock Trail. So let's play some Jeopardy now. All right, Mike, what is your Jeopardy category today? So my Jeopardy is called The Blank Group, inspired by... Oh. Are yes. groups of trees that we found along. Did you write the same Jeopardy? Your face is very <laughs> much so like. I did you... not write the same Jeopardy. Okay. Um, so you gave me the face like, oh my God, we finally did it. Um, it hasn't happened yet. No. So my Jeopardy is inspired by the groups of trees um, that we saw near the General Sherman, like the house group and the founders group and the other groupings of trees. So mine is called the blank. My Jeopardy is called the blank group. I'm going to give you three clues and you have to tell me the group that it is. Now, I'll Great. give you a hint. These are all... Um, honorary titles. So this might make it a little easier for okay, you. Okay. Some of them might be a little tricky. Okay. okay? Great, great. Great. Wapner, Brown, and Judy. Judy? Mm-hmm. Well, I immediately went to Garland. Am I right about that? So honorary titles. So like Prince or... So an honorary title. Or Doctor. Oh. I see what you mean. Um, oh God, I don't know. The judge group. Judge. <laughs> like Judge Joe Brown. And Judge Wapner and Judge, and Judge Judy. Judy. Oh, I like it. Okay, okay I'm good. You. you got it? Okay. okay. I'm good. Ready? I'm ready. Sunshine, Moffat, and Universe. Oh, I don't know. The ladies group? I don't know. The Miss group. Miss Sunshine, Miss Moffat. Miss Universe. Oh, Miss, Miss Mu- USA. Like Miss Muffet. Yes. I heard Moffat. Sorry. Okay, okay. Moving okay. on. Mills, Motors, Electric. What is General? The General Group. The General right. Group. Spock, Drew, and Phil. What is Doctor? The Doctor's Group. What is the Doctor's Group? This is the curveball one. Okay, I'm ready. But you might know it because I think okay. you've got the first one. Nagin, Daly, Rizzo. What is mayor? The mayor's group. The mayor's there group. There you go. There you go. Mayor you Ray got- Nagin. <laughs> there you go. I New figured you would get that. <laughs> yes, I yeah, did. Yeah. So it was a little, You once you got the hang of it, you were good. <laughs> oh, I like that. The blank group. The blank group. Yeah. All right. I was pretty proud of that one. All right. So. So what's yours? Mine, similarly, who said it? Sequoia Trees Edition. Oh. So in this category, I will be giving you a quote by someone who said something. Oh, with a tree named after you it. You have to identify who said it. And that person does have a tree named after them. And it is a tree that we encountered during While this hiking. episode. Okay, great. I All right. Know. Are you ready for 100? Mm-hmm, I am. Grant stood by me when I was crazy. And I stood by him when he was drunk. And now we stand by each other. Who is General Sherman? Yes. I thought that was really uh, very appropriate (laughs) because they're both trees that aren't that far away from each other. 
It was a miserable night. There was a sense of impending doom. We knew, everyone knew, that two great armies of 80,000 men were lying there face to face, only waiting for dawn to begin the battle. Who is General Lee? Incorrect. Uh, Who is Clara Barton? Uh, I was going to say Clara Barton, but... Yeah. I second guess my gut. <laughs> 300. Yep. Women must not depend upon the protection of a man, but must be taught to protect herself. Who is Susan B. Anthony? Correct. 400. It is well that war is so terrible, or we should grow too fond of it. Who is General Lee? That is correct. <laughs> and finally, 500. I believe it is an established maxim in morals that he who makes an assertion without knowing whether it is true or false is guilty of falsehood. And the accidental truth of the assertion does not justify or excuse him. Who is Abraham Lincoln? That is correct. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. (laughs) That's the closest we've come to writing the same category. I know that was really close. But not the same category. Jeopardy under pressure. (laughs) (laughs) This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast, and we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow us on Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at gazeatthenationalparks at gmail.com. And to find out more about Sequoia National Park, and other national parks mentioned on this show, visit our website, gazeatthenationalparks.com. That's gaze, G-A-Z-E. All original artwork featured on Instagram and on our website is by Michael Ryan. All original music is written by Dave Seaman and performed by Dave Seaman, Mariella Klinger, and Sean Sklios. Our music producer is Skylar Fortgang. This episode was edited by Dustin Ballard. We would also like to acknowledge that while hiking in Sequoia National Park, that we are on the traditional lands of the Western Mono people. Tune in next week to our Trail Mix episode all about Sequoia trees. Speaking of films, Mm -hmm. I have to share something with you. Oh, okay. This you kept very tight-lipped all day, too. I did. I have to come out about something. The other night, have I... Have you c- seen Romeo and Michelle's I high school reunion? C- <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Um, the other night, um, when I couldn't, for, like, randomly, like, once every six months, I can't sleep. And this was one of those nights. And then I regained my sleeping power. <laughs> and you regained <laughs> I yours. take it all. So the other night, I was, like, flipping through, figuring out what I was going to watch, and I watched under the Tuscan sun. Oh my God. And tell me all about how much you loved it. Because and want I had to never Diane, seen it before. Diane and I, oh my God. I loved it so I much. I knew it. Thank you. Case closed. <laughs> Everybody. That's been our show. It's been great. Our friendship is now fulfilled. <laughs> Good night, everybody. God, I loved that movie. It's God, the I, best. When I tell you I loved it, mm-hmm. I mean, I loved it. <laughs> I just was like... I'm just like a beam um, of like a golden Tuscan sign right here. To you. I weeped like you wouldn't believe oh. when the water came out of the faucet at the end. Talk about all the tears. All in the that tears film. in that film, mm-hmm. right? Um, also, just like the... 
all the subtlety of, um, you know, all of the exposition, mm-hmm. I thought is handled perfectly. Yeah. Like, it wasn't too much. And like, you know, you just get, you get enough she information. Tour and of then, Italy. like, how progressive. Yeah. I was like, she's going on a gay tour of Italy. Of course, the tour guide's name was David. Right. Right. Of course. And then, but and then the, she t- lived and the in bus San driver, so, the bus driver's yeah. name was Eduardo. Yeah. But I was like, I literally, o. I literally have like three Davids and two Eduardos in my phone that mm-hmm. I can call right now. But right. anyway, the, um, <laughs> but Sandra O oh, and, <laughs> Sandra O oh, and um, the other woman from she was from Grey's Anatomy. She wasn't was from she? both of them were on yeah. Grey's Anatomy, and then mm-hmm. she spun off onto Private Practice. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then she briefly had a show called Bad Judge that mm. I loved, and only lasted <laughs> one season. And I hate that it did. But if the creators of mm-hmm. Bad Judge are out there, you have me as this your mm-hmm. single fan. I was the one person that watched that show, but I loved it. Anyway, um, when oh my god, and then like. Sandra O oh came over and like they raised that baby I and I just was like and the other thing was like while I was watching that movie I'm like okay all right the thing with her the husband is horrible and I'm glad she's out of that situation right because and then Diane Lane Diane Lane and right. I want nothing for her but the best mm-hmm. all the time <laughs> so oh my god like when she's there and that beautiful Italian man and they have that great thing and uh, then she gets the white dress and she goes to see him and then I there's that know. other woman and I was like no god I want something to work out for her but then finally right. luckily fate hands her you know oh, a that, beautiful hand. that beautiful man at the end I and know, I was right. like okay because I'm sitting there I was like there are eight minutes left in this film <laughs> so help me she better get a handsome That's man right. somehow some way mm-hmm. right and then she did mm-hmm. they met on plenty of fish <laughs> she did not that she needed one but it would have but it was nice to have and so yeah right. i i wanted to tell you because i know it is like your favorite movie it's and great. i had never it's seen it it's not my it. favorite but it's high up there on the list but it's your like this is my secret life movie oh i would do it in a second <laughs> move um, to italy goodbye the, everybody um i felt like i needed to tell you buy my dollar home in italy and exactly and there you go. Sign my thousand year contract or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm becoming a Scientologist. Apparently so. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs>